Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. I want to start today's podcast by saying thank you. Thank you so much. I feel so blessed that I can inspire myself and others with these amazing people from around the world. You've supported me for years and I so appreciate. I feel all your love and joy coming at me and it's coming back big time to you. The next guest, oof, I'm so excited to share her journey with you. I have her book in front of me, her recent book, Overcoming Toxic Emotions. Not that any of us have them. Of course we do. No matter what your journey, you have emotions that don't serve you well. We all do. I want to read one of the things that somebody said on the back of her book. It's Christy Whitman, New York Times bestselling author of The Art of Having It All. Let me read you what she said about a book. It's so true. A must read for anyone wanting to have healthier and happier relationships. The three-step method Leia provides is a powerful tool that can be applied to any aspect of your life. Once you master this simple and practical method, you realize healing and transformation are possible. Take yourself on this exciting journey. Thank you, Christy. I love that. So yes, Leia and I talked about many different things about her life and what's going on and her journeys, but her book is off the chain. You have to get it. And I love when things are broken down and not made a big hairy deal. The three steps to change your life. It's so true. It's that easy and it's that complicated. It's something you have to work on every single day, but it's exciting and it's fun and you're going to love it. So enjoy. Thanks again. As always, rate, share, support us on Patreon. We appreciate it. Until next time. This is Let's Keep It Real with Sandy Joy Weston, your weekly dose of positivity with awesome stories and guests from all over the world. It's an opportunity to learn some great new things and expand your mind. We'll tackle topics from all areas of life, and as always with Sandy, the sky's the limit. Hello, hello, my let's keep it real people. Well, I'm very excited to have Leah Guy on. I received her book in the mail. I am so excited. I just stayed up and read through it because, ugh. It just resonated with me in so many different ways. And I thought, oh, I wish I could say it that way. It was just beautiful and perfect. So I can't wait for you to hear from her. But before I bring her on, let me tell you a little bit about her. Leah is an intuitive healer, mindfulness expert, and author of The Fearless Path, A Radical Awakening to Emotional Healing and Inner Peace, Overcoming Toxic Emotions, which is what I got in the mail, a practical guide to building better relationships with yourself and others, and spiritual journal for women. She uses her personal triumphs over abuse, addiction, and anxiety, along with more than two decades of experience in private practice to help people access their fullest potential. Leah has appeared on top media outlets as an expert on the mind-body connection, energy medicine, and emotional and spiritual healing. She owns the modern, I think, I hope I say this, the modern sage product line, as well as a girl named 
Guy Productions. Oh, God, I love that. Leah... (laughs) Leah has a BA from the University of, (laughs) I've got to stop laughing, Louisville, a CMT from Alive and Well Institute of Conscious Bodywork and studied at the School of Enlightenment and Healing. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to have you on, Leah. Thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Did I say anything wrong? Because sometimes I get so excited. I'm like, wait a minute. Is it Modern Sage product line? Was that correct? Yes. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. A girl named Guy Productions. I I need to know more about that right away. Tell me about that. Well, um, there's not a whole lot to tell. I I started a video production company years ago and, you know, I'm an artist and a healer and just like to play with words, a wordsmith and what have you. And my last name is Guy. So it just came together. I love it. So cool. All right. Let's start with what I ask every one of my people. If you were going to say one word that best describes your past 30 days, what would that word be, Leah? Patience. Ooh. Okay. Tell us about patience and why for you. Well, let's see. This year, the first week of lockdown, I moved. I bought my first home and moved to an area where I didn't know anyone. And the home I bought is a little bit not remote. I mean, I'm close to downtown, but... It's just been a, um, you know, every like everyone, it's been a challenging time, and it's just really forced me to become patient with myself, with how time is moving, with my work, with contractors, with getting to know people, with feeling settled, with everything. So it's, uh, you know, it's been a big word for me. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that because so many people say to me, oh, afterwards, I felt like I had to say, you know, gratitude, joy, extremely happy. And I'm like, no, I want to know what's really going on because no matter who you are. Yeah. You know, and did you like, had you been planning on moving for a while? No, not really. I just found this house I fell in love with and, um, thought it would be a great, you know, place to go retreat and be able to still go to the city and see my clients and do events mm. and all that. So it just, um, you know, there was a reason for it. And I'm, yeah. I'm glad that I'm here, but I didn't, I didn't plan on like living here. You know, I didn't yeah. plan on really yeah. being yeah. here. <laughs> I just yeah. planned on owning yeah. a house here. <laughs> so yeah, anyway. I, I understand. So do you, are you still seeing clients in person or do you see them virtually? Um, mostly virtually, but seeing clients isn't the primary thing that I do. Um, I still love working with people one-on-one, but you know, I have several online courses and usually I have retreats and events and workshops and things like that. And of course the book. So I've been doing a mixture during COVID, mostly virtual, some in person, you know, just kind of feeling it out. So before you come on, I always ask my listeners, after they read your background, what questions do they want to ask you? And we got a slew of them. But the biggest one I want to start with is this young man, they're always fake names, we call him Billy Bob, said, please ask Leah, what does intuitive spiritual leader actually mean? My mom said she was one growing up, but I don't think so. So that was pretty funny. (laughs) 
He doesn't think so. An intuitive <laughs> spiritual leader, is that what you said? Yeah, he wants to know what does an intuitive spiritual leader mean? Or heal, like he's just not sure. And he said, my mom always told me she was one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think it's a person who um, moves forward in their life and moves within their life in a way that uh, follows their inner guidance and their higher wisdom as opposed to following protocols and what you quote should do and what everyone else is doing and what makes the most sense. So when we're following our intuition, you know, we're kind of, it can sometimes look like we're going off the rails yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. and sometimes we do, you know, for a different reason, but it's, um, so an intuitive spiritual leader, intuitive spiritual healer, like the way I do my work is I have um, developed a gift, which is kind of sensing through my hands and also just around a person's being, you know, different things that are um, out of balance or ill or what have mm -hmm. you. And, you know, using that information in my work as opposed to silencing it or, you know, just asking a bunch of questions and trying to treat the client as I should, you know, or what have you. So I think that, I don't know if that answers. It does. It does. Okay, good. Yeah. So for you then, was it always something that you were inclined to feel gifted towards when you were younger? Um, I felt, I, I felt somewhat, okay, so gifted, you know, what does gifted mean? Everybody, like, I feel like everyone has access to all the same stuff. It's due okay, to okay. our environments and our, um, you know, our upbringing and our experiences, relational experiences, how we get honed, how we get kind of chiseled and how we become who we are, you know? So I, I think people are gifted in different ways, but when I say gifted, I mean, they recognize a certain spark that gotcha. we all have, and then they continue to build on that spark. So yes, when I was young, I felt um, very intuitive. I felt close to God. I communicated with angels. I saw and heard things that other people didn't. Um, you know, I, I had all of that experience. And then there was a certain time in my life I shut all that out and I was, you know, drunk and running around like a hoodlum and, yeah. you know, who cares? So we can be, we can be all of it, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and what do we nurture? You know, what do we put our intention towards? Well, that reminds me even of the, the kid that says he's a natural athlete. You know, he grew up and he was fast or he had a great hand, but he had to decide to develop it. You know, and if he wanted to go in that direction or like, yeah, like I remember this one kid saying to my dad, it's like, oh, my gosh, you have all this natural talent. You're so much faster and stronger than all me. You would make such a great quarterback. He goes, yeah, but I don't want to. And it is true. You know, some people are faster, perhaps. But again, that's likely because, you know, maybe they eat a certain way or they were allowed to expel a bunch of energy when they were kids. They weren't stifled. You know, they had other people that they were challenged against, all that kind of thing. So there's so much, I just don't want people to feel like they're not gifted or they're not special because there's a group of people that feel like, you know, oh, I'm very special. And then there's another group of people who feel like I'm not special at all. And the yes. truth is, is we yes. are all equal. Yes. You know, we are all equally special. <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I was just talking to a group of kids. They were between the ages of eight and 12 and they were relating it to superpowers. 
that, and I love this, that they may not be superheroes, but they all had superpowers. And I thought, wow, that was so great that their teacher instilled that in them. Yeah, that's super. Yeah, because they all had their own superpower. And one was being a great listener. And I thought, man, this teacher has done an amazing job of making them develop all their gifts, you know, not just like, okay, you're the super athlete, but this young lady said, oh yeah, my gift is listening. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. 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 All right. So tell me about this book. You said I was so lucky to get it. I'm like, woohoo. Well, I think because of COVID and because of the weather, there's just been a, uh, you know, I don't have my copy yet. <laughs> I don't have my, <laughs> I don't have, I've never even seen it. So I'm glad you got it. Um, yeah, I'm going to mail it to you. <laughs> yeah. The book is really important to me. I, um, you know, I don't know how you felt about it, but I love it. I freaking, are you kidding me? I'm like, first of all, so, you know, I'm like a junkie with self-help books, but I go, eh, eh, this one, you hit it, man. It's awesome. And it's so easy to understand. And the way you break it down into I mean, I know I'm getting excited here, but man, it was like the three powerful steps. Yes, people are going to really get this and understand it. All right, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Well, it is, it's important to me because, um, you know, I see, I've been seeing clients for 25 years and I've been doing workshops for a very long time. And the amount of people I continue to see who are desperate to change their life, you know, and they've tried so many things and we make it, you know, often we make things harder than they need to be. And which doesn't help anything, <laughs> but yes. the work in this book is for me, it's, it includes both the emotional component and the energetic vibrational component, which once people lock into understanding how they've been functioning and why they've been functioning the way that they're functioning, they can, they can function a completely different way within moments. I mean, just moments, you know, other mm. things of course are a little harder to break. Yes. Other patterns are harder to break. But, you know, I talk a lot about um, emotional addiction and how we, how we get kind of set in these belief patterns and how we get addicted or vibrating or, you know, attracted to our comfort zone, which also attracts our experiences and people in our life. So I, I love this work. It's, it truly is where my passion is. I mean, I love energy work and chakra healing and all that stuff too, but, Ooh. you know, the... Um, the, the combination of including the subconscious and the psychological aspect of why we do what we do has to be combined with the emotional aspect or we just get stuck in, you know, loops of trying to fix this, change this, fix this, change that, and it doesn't work. You know, well, I hope my son doesn't mind, but he always says, Mom, why are you sharing? But when he was younger, we were going to a physical therapist for him. Nothing to do with any energy work. Well, here the woman was also a shaman, and he was having difficulties on the side trying new foods and eating foods extremely picky. And she picked it up, and she said, and I didn't understand it at the time, Leah, but she said, can I have like 40 minutes alone with your son? I said, okay. He goes, Mommy, it's okay. And he was like seven. All I know is, I don't know what she did in there, but the kids started eating food. And I didn't understand it. I, I mean, and I didn't ask her. She said that was between me and your son. But for whatever she did, it opened this whole new pathway of him not feeling scared to try new food. Oh, that's great. And it was, I still don't understand it, you know? Yeah. And, I, and I say, you know what? I don't need to, but there was something there and something she saw and something she knew. And she said, trust me. And of course, my husband's like, oh my God, not again, Sandy. I go, you know what? 
Eric, there's not everything I understand, but there's some things out that are so powerful and some people that I just feel it's crazy what they've tapped into. And I do agree with you. We all have these gifts, but some more than others have tapped into it. And yeah. and I, you sound like one of those people. And yes, we all can develop, but you've really taken the time to tap into it. And what a great gift, not just for yourself, but for all your clients. I mean, and the people that take your workshops. I mean, you must just be so every day, your eyes going, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah, it's great. It's great to do this work and, you know, help people discover themselves and discover healing and happiness. And yeah, it's great. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah. So big question I have, I don't know, I'm trying to break it down. This young lady asked you, but I'll do my best. Please ask Leah. I go to a psychiatrist right now to overcome a trauma. And I keep telling my story over and over again. I was reading recently, that doesn't work to just keep repeating your story. You're living in the past. I don't even know if you can help her because you don't know her, but you're just keep repeating the loop. What should I do? Well, this is exactly why I wrote this book because this is what I'm saying. We ah. just keep re-traumatizing ourselves, and or we keep living in our story. In the book, I actually speak directly to how we live in our stories versus what is our actual truth. What happens in the brain is we get attached to the vibrational frequency of the memory and the emotion that goes with the story. And we can't just say, oh, I just need to let that go, which is what a lot of spiritual gurus talk about. And it drives me crazy because it creates this anxiety and failure, which gives us a sense of we're not doing something right or we're never going to heal. What we have to do is come into the moment and uh, acknowledge our story, you know, accept the story. And then in a present adult state with a different part of our brain that isn't attached to that story and the emotions and the pain that th that frequency holds, then we can start kind of reparenting ourselves, creating healthy boundaries, giving ourselves the self love that we need and moving in a new direction. So what happens for a lot of trauma people, it's just like, they're on repeat, you know, the, I call it trauma brain. It's just the same story it keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. Now there are really good techniques like EMDR is a good technique. Mm -hmm. um, you know, EFT, there's a bunch of different techniques that can help, help, but we have to um, recognize what's going on, you know, and that's the part of the conscious mind that if you use my three-step method in this book, you know, it, it can help you. Which leads me to this next question. This guy says, if my parents just tell me one more time, just let it go, I'm going to scream. What can I say to them? Because I, I, I do, that does bother me. Like, just let it go. Okay, now what, you know? And you hear it all the time. Like, don't make a big hairy deal. Just let it go. And I get it. So he wants to know what he can tell his parents when they say, just let it go. <laughs> well, I would say, let it go where? Where am I supposed to put it? Because, you know, if we... If we believe that there is a connectivity and we're all connected, we're all one, we're all spiritual, we're all, you know, part of the, the chain, right? So you're basically saying, let it go. And yet you're still going to be connected to it because all things are connected. So it actually yeah. makes no sense. There is, it's illogical. You know, there's not a cosmic trash can to just dump <laughs> like our unwanted that. stuff, you know? It, there's not. And so what we have to do is accept 
what it is. And in that acceptance that is often painful, like sitting with it and just accepting it, what all parts and sides of it, letting yourself cry, get angry, whatever, accept it until we almost make friends with it. Then we move on. But I mean, I don't want to start a fight between him and his parents, but you know, I, would, I would probably say something a little sarcastic, like, you know, where am I supposed to put it? Or where, where does it go to? You know, we can do ritual and ceremony to release things to the earth to be transmuted and changed. And all things are always changed. It's already changed. But he has to do the work to realize this change is happening, you know, within me, but also external yeah. of me. And while that's happening, I need to find acceptance, you know. Yes, I love that. All right. So in your book, I was reading, and I, and I really want you just to expand upon this, the list of valid emotions. And it goes through joy, interest, anger, fear, disgust, anguish, contempt, guilt, shyness, and how they're all valid. Could you talk a little bit more about that? I got lots of questions about not feeling guilty for being fearful, not feeling guilty for feeling anger, especially for a lot of these people that are in the self-help field. And they even seem, they say they can't overcome it. They think they're supposed to be joyful and happy and pippy skippy. And they always feel extremely guilty when they feel angry or hateful. And I must have gotten at least a hundred questions about this from self-help people. Okay. Well, again, I, I, maybe this whole podcast is going to be about acceptance, but <laughs> then that's what it needs to be. Um, so those valid emotions, you know, I, that's like from a psychological standpoint that people have collectively agreed these are our valid emotions. What happens is we start attributing emotion to so many things that aren't actually valid emotions because we don't sit and do the work and trace, you know, our discomfort or pain to the actual point of origin like what was the emotion so then we create secondary emotions where maybe you feel angry but really you're afraid you know but we we don't feel safe enough or vulnerable enough to share our fear so we get into anger and then we get defensive you know so we do this kind of um creative and very intelligent um dance around our emotions Mostly because emotional health and emotional um, sharing hasn't been so tolerated or accepted. You know, we're coming into the age where we can do that. But, you know, our parents didn't sit around and talk about how they feel. Um, the people before that, they surely didn't. You know, they just went wow. and chopped wood and got chickens and had dinner and had sex <laughs> and you know, went to bed. So, you know, I would say to the self-help people, you know, feeling I understand um, it's very hard as a healer or someone in the self-help world to be authentic enough to share what's really going on. But it is that authenticity that will reach your clients. You know, if you can be authentic, then your clients and your followers and all those people, they will trust you because they know that you know what it is. I don't talk about you know, um, addiction or anxiety or eating disorders or behavioral personality disorders and all that kind of stuff because I haven't been there. I talk about them because I had an eating disorder. I'll, I'll tell you all about it. I've, yeah. you know, I've been raped. Yeah. I'll tell you all about that. I'll tell you about when I wanted to kill myself. I, and so we have to be free enough within ourselves. And if we're, if we're trapped by guilt, then we're not free to, you know, be the full, fully present to do our healing work. That's all I can say about it, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. We're yeah. all human. And if we can't accept the range of human, human emotions for ourselves, how can we accept the range of human emotion for someone else? Ooh, I like that. 
Yeah, I was reading, I think on page 84, by the way, and it, it addresses it that. Addresses Can you that. I was following you, but I don't have my book. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I think it's funny. Uh, I'm definitely, I'm going to get your address. I'm mailing this to you. All right. Can you imagine being completely authentic with everyone all the time? Now, this one is a sticky Wiccan for me, giving your honest opinion, not with what you're talking about your journey, but with how they look or how they dress or their hair. So we, we need to discuss that, Leah, because a lot of times I think I may sugarcoat a little bit about, you know, how do I look in this outfit? How's my hair look? Or, you know, if the, they did work for me and I don't really love it, people say, Sandy, you sugar. Yeah. Too so why are you doing that? Ooh. Well, first of all, somebody's appearance, that's a totally subjective opinion. Like it doesn't matter what you think if they're asking and something, you know, really seems off. Yeah. Then, okay, let's, you know, let's give a full account of what you're seeing, but your opinion about someone's, you know, appearance, I wouldn't worry about that because, you know, someone else could have the totally opposite opinion. If they value what you're saying and are really needing to know what you see because, you know, you're a fashion icon or because, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. you have expertise in something like that or you have really good style about your hair, like then you might tell them. But otherwise, like, why are you holding back the truth? Because you don't want to hurt their feelings? Yes. Okay. Well, what you're really doing though is stopping giving, you're stopping the opportunity for the other person to grow. So like, for example, I just had somebody that's working for me, you know, uh, do something that I wasn't happy with at all. I didn't have to be bitchy. I didn't have to be, you know, mm. mean. I didn't have to be anything. I just had to say, you know, this doesn't, um, you know, I'm, I'm not pleased with how this is written. We need to rewrite it. This isn't meeting my expectation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, why would I not, you know, one, yes. that person is employed for me, so I'm paying them. And two, um, you know, if they, you know, they need to grow their skills because they're not going to work for me the rest of their life. You know, they correct, probably correct. want to become a better writer, become a better editor, a social media person or whatever. And they need to know, you know, they need guidance. And yes. that's what we're yes. doing here for each other. And so if you think about it like you're, you're helping and you're guiding someone, then that's a beautiful thing. Good point. Very good point. Right. And I think I'm okay with maybe my employees to be able to work for me. It's more friends and family. And if I think about it, it's because I feel they don't even take constructive criticism well. Now, I don't know if other people feel that, so I'd rather just keep the peace if I'm being really honest. You know what I mean? Like, oh, God, they're asking me my opinion, but that never worked out well for me. <laughs> they don't want to hear it, even if I say it in the kindest, loving way. So I don't know what you think about that, Leah. I'm just thinking about that now, but I'm thinking of a few times people say, so what do you think? I did this, and then I'm like, do you really want to know? I really want to know, and I tell them in the nice, nicest, loving way, and they're like, well, you're, I, this literally happened to me, by the way, recently. And the guy said, I guess, you know, what is your opinion on this? And I, about what I did here in this architectural work, I said, well, I think you should. And he said, you know what? Your opinion sucks. I go, okay, then. <laughs> so I think I'm a little gun shy. Right. Well, so that's, you know, goes back and forth of how we're taking everything personally. You know, it's like, yeah. why are we giving our opinion? And can we just give it with the knowing that it may or may not be accepted or liked or, you know? Yes. Yes, positive, yes. 
you know, how's that going to land back on us? If we can't handle someone's dislike of our opinion, you know, then that's on Ooh, us. Yeah, I like that. So I'm, I'm sure that's happened to you, right? There's people that didn't like what you had to say. Yeah. And, and what do you tell yourself? Like, just give them an, as an example. Like someone didn't like what you said. So what do you say to yourself so that you don't take it personally? Um, well, you know, of course, because I'm human, it may hit me sideways at first and it makes me, you know, think through, I take a moment to think through what I said or wrote or whatever I did and why I did it that way. And is there a better way? And, you know, either learn from that and move forward. Or if I feel confident in what I've done, I just, I, you know, try to respect the person's opinion. I mean, I get, you know, I'm very active in the media. And so I have videos and all kinds of things all over the place. And, you know, there's really nasty trolls. Of course, I don't know those people. So it makes it a little yes. bit easier. But at the beginning, in particular, you know, when I first started doing my work or, you know, being in the public, I would get all kinds of craziness. And, you know, it really made me look at myself and say, you know, did I do the best I could do? And if I've done the best that I can do, someone else is, you know, why am I giving more power to someone else than I am to my best? Like that's, there's a problem there if we're doing that, you know? Someone can think whatever they want to think about me. I'm not going to give them power over me, though. Oh, yeah. That's, and you're right, because you are in the social eye a lot, and you had to develop that. And I like the way you say, you know, a lot of them are trolls. You don't even know these people. And, you know, but do you read them? Like, I know some people say, I don't look at anything. So that way I don't see what they Yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't purposely. Um, I, I really do try to respond to comments on YouTube and social media and stuff like that, because I like to engage with people. I want people to know that I'm here. Yes. Um, yes. So on occasion, you know, I'll come across a comment or something. And sometimes if I'm feeling feisty or sassy, you know, I'll just put somebody right in their place. You know, <laughs> I have no problem doing that. <laughs> it's like, you know, what do you, you know, what are they doing here? What's the, what's the point? What's the purpose? Yeah. Why intentionally try to harm someone? Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's a very sad state of being. So I, I look sometimes, but mo more so it happens like if I just happen upon. Yeah, 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 I get it. All right. So learning to raise and sustain your vibration is the way to step into your true self and find happiness. This young lady wants to know some suggestions. What can she do? She really needs this. She is working from home. She's a lawyer. Her husband works from home and she's got three kids. Okay. Well, that's a lot. And, <laughs> yes, and so in the, yeah, in the book, I give very clear descriptions of here's some things that raise your vibration. Here's some things that lower your vibration. But the, fir the first thing you have to do is determine what's your baseline. What is your vibrational baseline? Because as I said, we're going to keep being kind of attracted to that baseline like a magnet because it becomes mm -hmm. our comfort place, even if we don't like it. So we have to determine the baseline. Like, let's say every day you feel, 
you know, like a, a, I, I number them between one and 10. Let's say you feel like a five or a four and you yeah. want to feel like, you know, a six or a seven or maybe really shiny like a nine. Well, you're not going to jump from a four to a nine and be able to just live there. That is magical thinking. That is this <laughs> idyllic, you know, the grass is green on the other side. And if I yeah. just lose 20 pounds, I'll have the perfect man. Or if I just, you know, study every day, I'll have perfect grades. It doesn't work like that. So we have to establish the baseline and then notice the things that you do every day, all day long, that make you feel like you feel right now because that's your baseline. And then what other things, I don't care what it is, you can tango in your family room. You can you know, make yourself a cup of hot tea. You could reward yourself with you know feeling self-respect and do something like you know cleaning out your closet or playing nice music or um, you know, finally attending to the taxes that you've put off for two years. What will make you feel accomplished, confident, joyful, peaceful, centered, like you're caring for a most precious baby that you love? And do a little bit of that. And that's going to immediately kind of help you, um, you know, feel a different way. Now, as I talk about in the book, the biggest part of this work is learning how to sustain that because we're going to keep getting pulled back until we get confident. So if you're feeling like a four, you don't aim for even a five. You aim today for a 4.25, you know, maybe a gotcha, four and a half gotcha. at the most, you know, because gotcha. otherwise we're just feeding the addiction, you know, just like I, I'm going to go on this cleanse. and I'm going to feel so great. Well, that will make you feel great for a while and maybe you can sustain that, but probably, you know, you're going to go back to eating other foods and, you know, normalcy or whatever. And then you're going to start seeing that fluctuation again. The same thing happens with our emotions, you know, so we don't want to fool ourselves. If we just get real, real with this, you know, like, okay, today I'm not aiming for a 10. I'm aiming for a four and a half because a four and a half is better than a five. And if I get to a four and a half and then from this point forward, if I can sustain that, by doing all my work that I suggest in the book, then I can look at, you know, get into a five. Of course, you're going to have peak experiences that feel great and you're going to have low experiences that feel like crap, but we're interested in personal, constant, regular healing. You know, everyone asks me, how did you get over your rape? How did you stop drinking? How did you do this? How did you do that? And it wasn't a, it wasn't an aha moment with a switch that went off. You know, it just, it does not happen that way. It's the collective mm. work that we do and feeding ourselves. When you're inputting higher vibration, you, there's only so much space and capacity we have, right? So the, yeah. the lower vibration has to do something. It's going to clear out or it's going to kind of morph and level up into the higher vibration. So the more work we do in this way, it, it can't not help us. It can't not be good. So there wasn't a time where you're like, okay, that's it. Or you hit, like some people have come on and said, I hit rock bottom. Like, that's it. No more. And they could see that was when they started turning the wheel for you. Well, in certain ways, um, it was fear-based. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't from a place of my higher self going, you know, oh, it's time to become, you know, a full-time healer and stop all this. It wasn't that place. It was fear-based of if I keep doing this, you know, I'm going to die 
or I'm going to end up in the hospital or whatever. And I'm not saying making decisions from a fear base isn't okay, because sometimes that's what it takes. But I yes, think a I lot of people are using that as a, um, as a way to stay away from the healing. You know, well, I haven't hit my bottom yet, or I have this under control enough, or, you know, once if I got X, Y, or Z sick or whatever, then I'll change, or I still have enough money, so who cares? You know, so when we use that kind of thinking, like, I just haven't hit my bottom or I just haven't, you know, hit the wall, then it's like we're waiting, you know, we're waiting for something bad to happen in order to make us change. <laughs> and so, yeah. the, you know, the yeah. philosophy of that's really kind of backwards, you know, it's not empowered. It's coming from that fear place. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I was thinking about uh, when you were saying going from 4.2 to 4.5 because it's sustainable. It's the same thing in the fitness industry. You know, I've owned health clubs. And when you try to go to couch potato, Leo, you know, to I'm going to work out seven days a week. And I see this with New Year's resolutions, which is why 95% of them don't happen. It, it, it's too extreme. So it's the same exact thing, right? You're, you're going... Yeah. And I, and you see it all the, yeah, you see it all the time. All right. I want to get this one in. This young man says, have you heard a belief is just a thought you think over and over again? Please ask her what her opinion is on this. Yes, I have heard that. And um, part of that I think is true. But the other part is, is that we have absorbed um, beliefs that may not even be our own. So why are we thinking it over and over again? Likely because we've been conditioned to, we've been told to, mm -hmm. we've been, we've heard other people say that as their truth. And so I think the more important question is, is do I, is this really true? You know, and it's a question I pose in the book. Is this true? Is it something I believe or is it true? Now I'm not trying to get into, you know, what is reality and what is truth, but even in a very personal way, we can ask that question of why do I believe this? Who believed this before me? What confirmation do I have? How does this belief serve me? And is this true? You know, our beliefs are often attached to emotional exchanges, emotional imprints that I write about that we have had with our parents, our siblings, our teachers, our friends, etc. You know, mm -hmm. Uh, we want to be in league with them. We want to be accepted by them. We want to be like them. We want to be loved by them. We want to be in the same pack because that's our human nature. And so we develop beliefs based on those kinds of things. But as we come into our consciousness and in an intentional healing journey and intentionally mindfully living, we have to stop and ask, why am I believing this? Is this true for me? And so if you look at it that way, then you yes. stop the cycle of, well, belief is just a thought I have over and over again. No, there's a reason you're having that thought over and over again. It's because it's conditioned, you know, it's like Im imprinted in your mind. Yeah. So we can stop that. Yeah. And I, and I like it you know, the way you said it. Like, it seems so simple, like, duh, but it's so true. Just ask yourself, like, why am I? Yeah. You know? I love that. Okay. By the way, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Triple A method. I oh my goodness. I love it. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I 
simplistic, but yet, I mean, it just says so much and you just can keep revisiting it. I was like working on it the other day. Acknowledge, accept, act. Acknowledge, accept, act. Yeah. Just, I don't want to tell too much, but tell us just a little bit about the AAA method. Well, so that method came about because I don't see any other way. <laughs> I mean, okay. you know, <laughs> people are beating their heads against the wall and it's like, what are we doing? Everyone wants to understand all the minutia, you know, so that it makes sense. We want to rationalize it. But usually all that stuff is because we're trying to justify our worth. You know, let's put that aside for a minute. Let's, as I say in the introduction, break up with blame. Let's get the whole storyline and all the characters out of the way of who did what, why, when are you like this? You know, how did you get like this? How, why are you feeling like this? And let's just do something about it. You know, and here's what you got to do. And if you do these three steps, literally, with anything, then you can make progress. And that's just as simple as it is, you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know with some people's history and traumas and so forth. I mean, I have a lot of trauma in my life and in my family. I know that some, some you know, there's other work that some people need. I'm not trying to say this book is the cure-all or this method is the cure-all for everything. Sometimes we do need specialized attention to different issues that are happening um, in our mind, especially after long-term, you know, patterning or programming. However, on a day-to-day -day basis, what a lot of us are dealing with is just this repetitive, looping, you know, self-critical, self-sabotaging, same relationships over and over, you know, waking up, it could be, you know, 1999 or it could be 2021. Who knows the difference, you know? And I think a lot of people are like, I'm so tired of that. You know, I'm so tired of that life. I've done it. Let's do yeah. something different. And so that's what this work is about. Well, yeah, I I could sit here and talk to you for hours. I love it. I can't wait for everyone to get your books and to find you. But we have to go to rapid fire. Are you ready for fun rapid fire questions? Sure. All right. Do I have to be rapid in my re response, I guess? Well, you don't want to overthink it, but you'll be fine. Okay. All right. If, if you were going to be an animal, what would you be and why? A dog. I love the companionship and the exploration. Yeah. A dog. Do you have any animals right now? I have a cat. I just lost my dog, actually. Oh. Yeah. Did you have the cat forever or just new cat? Six years. Six years, yeah. We, I have a dog and five cats because we adopted them when they were a few. <laughs> we sound like crazy people, don't we? But they were left by their mommy or mommy got hurt. So it's a little crazy over here, Leah, but they bring lots of love and joy. All right. So. Favorite color? Ugh. Colors. I like them all. I don't have okay. a favorite. Yeah. Favorite food? Um, Indian dosa. Okay. I don't know what that is. Oh. <laughs> and I love, I'll eat anything. So I'm excited. Dosa. All right. What would one of your favorite days look like from morning till night? Well, I would wake up and have um, a, a lot of energy. It'd be 65 degrees and mostly sunny outside. I'd have um, some meaningful work to do with clients or my 
courses. I'd have some outdoor time, um, planting or cleaning up around the house, like gardening and such. I'd take a long walk by the river and um, wear my body out till I'm tired, so where I want to come home and have a cozy little dinner and either play some music or watch a movie and very simple, long bath. It's kind of like my everyday. <laughs> <laughs> now that I'm saying it. Well, that's, a, that's good then, if it is. Yeah. There you go. All right, what's something you can share with us that most people may not know? About myself or about what? About you. Oh, about me. Um, well, my other passions are painting and music. I'm a musician and an artist. Okay, so what do you play or do you sing to? Um, I used to sing, not so much anymore. I play the piano. I play, I just bought a drum set. I like, I like a bunch of instruments. I've played guitar, you know, I've played a lot of different instruments. Um, French horn, I played trumpet when I was young. I didn't really love that, but um, yeah, I love music. That's what enlivens my soul. I, and painting, I like, I love painting, but I have to be in the, the mood. And what kind? Um, I do kind of abstract realism. So I'll often paint either animals or landscapes or things like that with more of an abstract touch an acrylic. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any like guilty pleasure shows that you watch on Netflix or Hulu or HBO and anything? Oh gosh. I'm one of these people like I'll binge something and while I'm binging it, it's my favorite show ever. And I dream about the characters. I'm like, I might as well be on set. <laughs> so I just finished watching Outlander. Is that the name of it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you know, that was a lot to visualize and dream about. I know. Um, I love Schitt's Creek. You know, I like when I when I sit down to watch, I typically like lighter stuff. You know, I don't necessarily yeah. want to watch really heavy things, just mostly because of my work. Um, yeah. So, you know, I love Schitt's Creek, Grace and Frankie or whatever that show was. Um, yeah, Grace and Frankie. Outlander. Yeah. I don't know what else I've seen recently. That's good. Like Whatever that. I'm watching, it's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, I understand that. Um, and I'm the same way. I have to watch light or funny because I dream about it. I don't know why. It's like, it's like yeah. I take, I'm like, I know it's not real. My husband always says, it's just TV. It's TV. I know, but I get so entrenched that I'm like, it just better be funny or silly or lighthearted. I know. Outlander was hard for me just because of how intense it was. Like, I just, it makes me anxious to yeah, watch yeah. it. Yeah. But I started and I really got into it, so I had to finish, so. Yeah, I understand that. Okay, I was going to ask you one of your hobbies, but I, you mentioned music now and art. Do you have anything else? Yeah, uh, yoga. Um, I like to create. I like to interior design. Um, you know, I just, I, I like making things and doing yeah. things. Yeah. Well, then you're not going to be bored with your new place. No, that's the thing. I'm not bored at all. It's just, <laughs> here it's a little overwhelming. The house is like 200 years old, so. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. My house my house is in eighteen forty Victorian. Ah. Uh, I love old stuff. Ugh. It's a lot it was a lot of work though. It was a lot of work. We had to do a lot of work on it. So. Yeah. But it's fun. Okay. When I say the word universe, what does it mean to you? Everything. Mm. Okay. What has been one of the biggest challenges for you in the past year? 
Well, I think it would be moving to this new location okay. and not knowing anyone. Do you know anybody now? Um, I've met a couple of massage therapists not too far away. So oh, cool. At least I have their phone number. <laughs> yeah, it's something. Okay. And what has been one of the biggest highlights of this year? Yeah, for you. Something that you could say, hey, amongst it all, this was the best thing that happened to me. Oh, gosh. Well, I think, you know, moving here, as challenging as it's been, it's also really made me see how strong I am. You know, I've, I have woods in my backyard and no, nobody mm -hmm. around and I'm living here by myself. So overcoming some of those, you know, childhood fears and um, being comfortable, you yeah. know, in this yeah. kind of thing is has been really huge. I'm proud of myself. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that is huge. All right, so do you have like any deer or animals or foxes in your backyard? Oh God, everything, everything. <laughs> I have bear, bear poop back there. I have deer almost every day. I have fox, I have um, bats, you know, um, every, just all of it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm walking distance to downtown too, so it's kind of a nice balance. Uh, I'll say, yeah. I would love that. That sounds ideal. All right, Leah. Well, we have to wrap up. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on our show. I've loved it. I know that the listeners have gotten so many valuable tips from there. And I know for sure they're definitely going to reach out to you on social media and buy your book. I highly recommend it. But tell us a little bit more how they can reach you. Well, my website is just my name, leahguy.com, L-E-A-H-G-U-Y. And on social media, it's Leah Guy Live. Um, I also just started a Patreon page, which is uh, Leah Guy Live. So if you just Google my name, there'll be a bunch of stuff that, that happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And before we go, is there anything you want to say that we didn't get in today? Um, no, I guess I would just you know remind people that there's no shame in seeking guidance and help for our mental and emotional health. Like please do reach out to people, take the courses, take the time, spend the money, show up. And, um, it just make, it can make such a difference when you're working with someone that's, that's good. So yeah, I just I hope people keep going on that, on that path. Yeah, I agree. All right. My let's keep it real people. I know you're going to say Leah definitely kept it real. Please pass the information on share, like, rate. It really does help. Check Leah out on Patreon. Get her book, Overcoming Toxic Emotions. You will definitely, definitely benefit and give it to your friends and family too. And until next time, you know what I'm going to say. Toodles. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share and subscribe if you enjoyed the show. And remember, keep spreading the positive.